0: This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm beginning today's podcast with a quote by the wonderful Max Lucado. He says, a surprising and welcome discovery of the Bible is this, God uses failures. And my guest today, Olivia Santa Cruz, age 45, bringing her story of good choices and some bad ones in the hopes of helping others avoid her mistakes. It's an honor to have you.
0: Nice to be here. Now you go by Live,
1: yes, Olivia. Liv. Beautiful name. Thank you. Uh, before we get into your background, let's deal with your most recent history first. Now you've been re- released from Texas Department of Criminal Justice, yes, ma'am. The Marlin Lockhart Unit in Marlin. Yes. Um, but rather than coming out bitter and hard, you tell me you see your time in prison as positive things. So let's talk about that.
0: Yes, ma'am. It was. Um. I saw it was a time of reflection. I will. I did go in probably bitter, angry. But it was a time I felt God used me to sit still. Let's evaluate your past. Let's let's. It was a one-on-one session with my higher power, my God, you know. And so, how long was, were you? Sentenced? I was. Uh, um, I was sentenced for four years, but I did a year and a half. Okay. And then I got with the the pre-release, the female cognitive pre-release program.
1: Right, and. That's how you met Mia Thomas, who's yes, been ma'am. a guest on this podcast. Yes, she's a very good fact, person. She's the one that that uh, that said you were interested in telling your story, yes. and I said, Is this? Do you see this as kind of part of your rehabilitation, if you will, to tell your story, yes. or what's motivating you to do this?
0: Yeah, um, yes, to tell my story because I see so I saw so many young women incarcerated and uh, older women as well that were hurt They went through the same things, and if I could help a young woman to stop repeating the cycles of what I was doing or the older women that I encountered with, because we didn't have to be, you got women in a mid age or in elderly stages that been in prison in and out all their lives. And you, and I'm, the question is what, at what age did you get incarcerated? Like I'm 45 and I just got here. <laughs> and why would I come back to something Sorry. like this? And I don't want to jeopardize my freedom. And I lost a lot during incarceration. I lost my friends, my family, material things, my business. And right now, it's I, I'm at rock bottom. I'm at brand new. and But you know what, Ann? The only way you can go when you're at the bottom is to the top.
1: Amen. All right. Well, and, of course, you, you have probably one of the most ironic stories I've ever heard. And that's that back years ago. You kind of went off the rails, but then got got your life back on track you were you did, you served a probationary period good long ten year probation right for what
0: it was unauthorized of a motor vehicle okay and I was like seventeen and I got pregnant and um they I made some unhealthy choices at the time, but right
1: but then you got your life back on track, and in fact, you were. A correction officer. You you were in the Lockhart <laughs> unit. I was at the Mar, Mart unit. I thought, okay, you yeah. you were uh, Marlin, you were there as an employee, yeah. and and Mart. then years later, you find yourself a prisoner.
0: Yes, right. At Marlin unit, I, w- I got training there when I was a Mart uh, mm-hmm. for, but I worked for the Mart Texas Youth Commission. Yeah. And it was very ironic to be back where I started as a correction officer. I was like, oh great. This is a full circle. But I, I felt it as but in a, a bad <laughs> pretty yeah. bad way. But yeah. really I got to see the aspects of uh the whole justice system as an inmate, as a correction officer, and even as a, a wife that I was a you know, I was married to my husband for 10 years while he was in prison. We associated with each other for 15 years, then my second or the last relation I was with, he was incarcerated. So and then I had friends. So I knew now how to to be a supporter a family member who 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 had to be there we it was just different if you don't have a voice out here as an inmate you are nothing
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know cuz you you have so many needs in prison and your family support is very important positive support is very important whoever you stay in contact while you're incarcerated it's very important because that's how I, I I stayed. When I came out, I was ready. I'm ready to do all these things because I stayed in contact with positive people. Like I mentioned before with Kathy Wise.
1: Yeah, was, let's talk about your mentor. This is somebody that you've known for many years who's kind of walked alongside you and provided that conscience. I don't know. Yeah. How, how would you say her, her mentorship, what that's meant to you?
0: It's, it's meant a great deal because it kept me sane. You know, she she told me the things I didn't want to hear but need to hear and in a loving way she didn't make me feel crazy or stupid or felt judged I could be myself and it was okay you know so it was okay for me to be honest and she was going to respond in a loving way not not harshly not discriminating against me in any form or fashion so it was very important that I stayed in contact who was going to be open to listen and guide me in the right way and encourage me.
1: It had to have been heartbreaking, though, for her to have known you for so many years and then you begin making these bad choices again. Yeah. So what what led you to prison this most recent time? What happened?
0: Um, I got pulled over for DWI.
1: okay,
0: And inside my vehicle they found a controlled substance, which was some edibles. Some edibles and that was it. My, at the time, my mother passed away. I was dealing with some unhealthy relationships in my life as well. I was trying to impress people that probably didn't need to be impressed. And I was probably a pond in their lives. And it's okay because at the end of the day, I got to where God needed me to be to be with him. And everything that was set up that way was meant to be for my good and his greatness. And that's how I see that.
1: You know, that's To me, that's remarkable that, that you're able to still be so positive after all this and as you say you're starting out from scratch. Yes ma'am. Right now. So <laughs> but I but I suspect now let's talk about these relationships. You said you had some unhealthy ones and, and that was with men who Yes weren't weren't exactly the best characters.
0: No, they weren't um Mom, my, well, do you want to start with my father, my brother? Well, I, you, wherever you want to start. Well, you know, um, I never really had a relationship with my father. Mm. You know, um, As I yearn as a young woman to be close to her father, I wasn't raised with my family. I wanted that mother, that father and mother love so bad, but I, I looked for it elsewhere. My father betrayed me at a, at a lesson, you know, where this is the man that protects me, violates me. And so that's a trust that's broken and then i I feel as I grew, I kept looking for the, that man in my life to protect me, to teach me to help me to guide me and and yeah, I chose the wrong type of men and um I wanna say the the one of the men did educate me more he like you gotta get help, you gotta get help. He recognized some things in me that I needed to be addressed, and that's when I started seeking self help books for myself and theater, going to therapy and stuff. But we were still not uh, compatible. We had our own. We, he had his own, and I had my own. And we were immature in some ways. And so instead of us sitting down, co- talking about it, and working things out, I chose to just end it and go to a next toxic relationship. Which, mm, which to, was even worse. Yes, which that ended with a domestic assault. Which, yeah, he uh, just
1: about beat you to death, yeah?
0: Yes, ma'am, he did. And I was in another state, away from everybody, and my best not not this best friend that I brought with me today, but my other best friend. He um he's the one that he knew about it because I called him like I need to get out. Once once he slapped me that first time, I said I gotta get out of here. Told, called my kids and okay we're we're gonna get you a plane ticket. Just come on, just get out. Well, I missed it. I missed that last. I I had one bag left, and I walked in to get that bag, and that's when the he just knocked me out. And mm. I don't remember too much after that. I just remember waking up at a hospital where I can't walk. I'm angry. I'm I'm very just mad. I'm mad that I this happened to me. Why did you do and then the gas lightning effect where he's telling me it wasn't that bad. I love you. You know we could work it out. Oh, I'll never do it again. Yeah. yeah. Never do it again. Oh, why did you make me do it? Why are you telling these people about this? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I'm I'm all messed up in my head. And and hold on, I stay. I stay in contact with this person, so I didn't. My kids that tore my kids apart.
1: Okay, let's talk about your boys. You have two sons. Yes. They're they're grown now. Yes. Twenty six, twenty five now. Yes, now. Um, their dad is. Their dad is. Uh, uh,
0: he's he was an immigrant from Mexico. Okay, he's in. He's he was my first husband. Okay, and um, he 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 and I had a, some domestic violence uh, uh, in the beginning as well. He's five years older than I am. We had a very lack of communication. And then um, at that time, I was dealing with my like suicide attempts, my depression, my anger, things from my father because of what my father did. And so um, I did not know how to vent or look for help. That was how uh that's how that came about. But until I got with the people, of, you know, with Kathy Watt, Mission Waco, and they connected me with the right people to get, like, you know what? We believe in you. We're gonna help you, and and that's how I was. And I got involved with them, and that's that was a very positive thing in my life. And that that my children even still bring back. You need to get back to church, mom. You need to go back to Waco. And I'm like, Waco, really?
1: <laughs> so they have fond memories, I guess, of what of what Mission Waco meant in their lives too, huh?
0: Yes, they they did the street camps. They they went to church. You know, we got to feed the homeless. We did Christmas like on the hay bale like right around the neighborhood singing mm-hmm. christmas carols they loved it the art, you know Jimmy Doro was so funny with the boys and they had positive influence in, in their uh, Fernando uh, Arroyo he was like their big brother who guided them and, and he was a good uh, male these were positive male figures they was, needed yeah that they needed in mm-hmm. their lives you
1: know so they they're they're okay right yeah. they're they live in the Dallas area yes, right yes they
0: live in the Fort Worth Dallas area um my oldest son is studying to be a technologist. He's trying to be like a sports doctor mm-hmm. and he's uh and he's studying his undergrad right now at the UTA campus. And I know he's trying to get probably go to his grad school here in Baylor. So cuz Baylor's home, I don't care what. Sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And I'm very proud of him. My youngest son is I know he was trying to do like a master electrician and so he's more of an engineer type. He likes to put things together. But um yeah, so they're out.
1: living productive lives, successful yes. lives. Never done anything that I've and, done. <laughs> well, you know, I I think you told me that you wanted them to grow up to be the men that you wished you'd had in your life. Yes, ma'am. I, and that's, because so often it's a cycle. That cycle just, they they see abuse, they say you know, and they learn learn that and think that's normal.
0: Exactly, and that's something I would tell them, like, when I left their father, because they were still young, and that's how Mission Wake Waco- help me out to get an apartment and just help me um just uh, reestablish went back to college got my edu- my got my GD got some college credits got to travel with Mission Waco they got to see these positive things but I would always tell my sons you don't treat women this way you know you you're, I'm not going to but then they're they're like why are you being treated this way you know yeah. why are you why why is the woman that I love teaching us not to do these things but she's being allowed to be you know talk bad too because some of the things men tells us women they they last longer than the bruises that we have
1: yeah words do yeah they
0: they they penetrate and they stay Mm -hmm. so there's times where um in the beginning of um, of my mental health recovery I was just like I'm not that I'm not this I'm not that after all, I'm, I'm not. I look a certain way, yes, and I, I need to be okay with that. If I don't like it, I could change it, or if I act a certain way, I could retrain behavior. Behavior is taught, so I could relearn certain behaviors, you know. And so I, I had to learn while in prison. I had to learn to let some things go, that I, I'm not in control. I had to let control go. When you're in a control environment, the first thing you're gonna learn is you ain't running
1: nothing. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> you ain't running nothing.
1: Yeah, but but now you're out. You're you know, as you say, you're starting fresh. Where do you see yourself going from here? What do you see for yourself? Saying five years,
0: five years. Oh, five years. Oh, and I I see myself traveling the world, educating women about being a spokesperson for domestic violence. Yeah. I want to empower women, young women, young children, not just women but children. Because some of the men that we have were raised by women only. And some of the men are now single dads. So they need to have, uh, you know, some positive training, some positive people in their lives to raise children. You know, it takes a village to raise a child, Mm -hmm. wherever we're at. So I I see myself traveling to be an inspiration to other women. Uh, I see people reading my material, my books, you know. I see people inviting me on their shows to – to speak about not just my life, but bring the people that have inspired to their shows, and so they could speak about it, and then we could help each other. I see myself networking with people. Uh, I'll, I'll be off paper in five years, so <laughs> <laughs> I do seem to. Apply, I would like to apply for the presidential pardon, mm-hmm. and I want to run for city council. So.
1: Wow, <laughs> political aspirations as well.
0: Yeah, I like to be the voice of of the of change, the right. voice of a, of, a, of a new world, you know, and. The change of women who've been deprived of so many things that because we allowed it to be when you know better, you do better, mm-hmm. and a lot of people refuse to want to do know better so i'm I can't even force you to do anything, but I'm just here to encourage you to know that you can't do anything
1: What is the best advice you have to a woman who finds herself in an unhealthy relationship
0: to be honest with herself
1: mm-hmm.
0: you got to be honest that this is unhealthy we know. Men, women, people—we we're, we're, we know when we're, we're treated bad. You could tell me, you could tell, lie to me and say, "Oh, my husband treats me very well," and he, but behind closed door, you know the truth. I just need you to be honest with yourself that he, love comes, love is, love isn't harsh words at times. It ain't being physically violent. It ain't keeping secrets. It's not uh, depriving. It's not that. Someone that loves you, wants you to enhance your life, It wants to want you to be advanced, wants you to go to college, wants you to be successful because y'all will both be successful. Have proper communication, have a positive a network outside your community, outside yourself. Look for help. Seek help. There's people that have been in your shoes that can understand you and help you get away. I would like for you to get away, but some of us still stay,
1: and that's hard. Yeah, well, sometimes... That that they think that's their only chance, yeah that is their only option that's not true,
0: yeah, and that's a lie I believed mm-hmm. i I can't get nobody better than this. This is the only oh. type of man I'm gonna get, you know the the this is the only man I deserve, you know who else wants me? I remember you know my daddy didn't want me it goes um, all the way back to these things, sure, but until you get right and you learn, you seek out help, and you get people that tell you, you know what, no, you're the light you you're gonna. They need you before you need them. So,
1: okay. So, so you have you have great hopes for the future. Yes, ma'am. And you have great plans. And you're you're you just seem to be such a giving person. You want to give back to others what yes, you've learned the hard way.
0: Yes, ma'am. I want them to keep their freedom. I want them to. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that,
1: that's you know, lesson number one: stay out of prison. <laughs> yes. But yeah. So so when. You know what, the other thing that strikes me, I guess, in your story is how important it is for the mentors and the support people in your life that didn't turn their back on you. And, um, and I, I think you've told me that your, your sons, one of them has reestablished a relationship, the other, and that I'm sure that grieves your heart.
0: Oh, yes. My, you, anybody, including Miss Thomas could tell you that the subject of my sons breaks me because. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the other mothers, but me, that's all I had with my kids. The reason I, I beat up and 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 got up from that argument, that fight, or when the man would tear me down and walk away, all I had to look at was my sons. Mm-hmm. The times I wanted to just give up on life, period. I had my sons to live for, you know, when they were young. I had to be better for them. I wanted to do better. And I did, but I was just attached with someone else. And I didn't need to be. And I was toxic as well, even for, for the men in my life. I'm not saying they were just all bad. It was a it was equal on both ends. I wasn't the perfect wife. I wasn't, you know, I was human. But uh, losing my son's support, the word, not answering the phone, that was hard. Yeah. That was the hardest thing that made my time harder. I would have traded all that support for my son's support. But that's something they felt they needed to do so I could get some... Act right,
1: <laughs> so. right. So, but but the the older one has reestablished communication with you, and yeah. so you set up some so boundaries. Yeah, you
0: know. So we're working. And I told him I was proud of him. Yeah, I, I told him I'm very proud of you for making the choices. Um, uh, um, uh, you know, by reconnecting and how we're going to reconnect. You know, I want you to set up standards. I I wouldn't even. I wouldn't, ex- I'm expecting this, you know, cause I know what I raised. I know who you are. So yeah. I'm proud of him. And, and eventually like everyone says, my younger boy would come around. I yeah. just got to regain my trust and that's okay. Yeah.
1: Time will heal a lot of these, yes, a lot of these wounds. And I, I tell you, I'm just so appreciative of your transparency. You're willing to, your yes. willingness to come and, and tell everybody your story that, um, as you, as you begin as you have been able to reflect and understand maybe why you made some of the choices you made yeah, and correct that.
0: Yeah. I got to see why they was made. I got to be honest. It was, it was all about being honest with yourself mm-hmm. about the things that happened to your life. I wasn't responsible for a lot of those things because I was a child, you know? So for a long time, I blamed myself. I was like, it, it probably was my fault when it really wasn't. And so that's something that I did learn here in prison was, it wasn't always my fault I was only a kid yeah I was a kid I was somebody else's responsibility and, mm-hmm. and it's okay because I'm not there I could have led I could have been worse way worse I, I see a lot of women who are lost in addictions who lost in um you just prostituting just doing they're just doing their damage they're hurt mm-hmm. and when you get to the core of things it's usually because it's something happened in their childhood and somebody just that someone they trusted hurt them yeah. and I, all I can say is God got me through a lot. He didn't do, he, I went through all that, but I see all my pain with purpose. I see that everything has a reason for happening and I could look at it as negative or positive. Yeah, I did all that and all that happened to me, but I can now understand that person, the kids that are going through the same thing, them little girls that are not being heard because something's happening to them. I could hear them. I could listen to them. I could relate to them. I know what it feels like to mm-hmm. be, uh, violated. I know what it feels like to lose trust in a man. I know how it feels to hurt a man, and I know how it feels when a man hurts you. And I know how it feels to be incarcerated with no support. And then uh, people slowly come in. They're not doing it because they didn't love me. They're doing it because hey, you put yourself there. You know, we didn't ask for you to leave. You went away. You made a choice that that took you away from us. You know, so
1: so if somebody is maybe thinking about getting involved in a a kind of work, a ministry, or whatever support for somebody in prison, would you encourage them to do that?
0: Yes, yes. um Yes, uh I would like to do something like that. I know I, I have stayed connected with some of the girls. Have you? Yes, they even reach out to me. They're mm-hmm. already getting out. They're hitting me up on Facebook, like, What are you doing? I yeah. want to be a part of what you're doing. And I said, Okay, well, as soon as I get this, I'm going to go pick you up or come meet me in Waco and we'll go meet up, link up. I met. Uh, the social media people from Victoria's Life too that we're being connected, that there's different organizations out there. But yes, prison ministry is real needed, especially in women. The, I did I didn't see too much uh in Marlin going on, maybe due to the pandemic, you know. But, right.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are just not doing much yeah. of anything. And, and,
0: but if you could write, if you could adopt a prisoner mm-hmm. and just write something. Just communicate with yeah, them. Yeah, just I encourage it, especially during the pandemic mental health right now in uh in in an incarcerated world, whether it's out here in the free world, because we're still so isolated and and stuff, it's important to just stay in contact with them. I mean, a letter, I would get a letter from the the uh, the person that I probably least expect. It bright my day up. It just yeah, it, met the world. Yeah, it, it meant everything to someone writing. Yeah. Uh, people now, there's people in there who are who, who are very privileged. You know, I saw that. You get the books, the newspaper. You get to make phone calls every day. You get to demand what you want on your commissary. Yeah, you got those girls in there, Really? Too. Yeah, because they're, they're financially established. And then you got the ones that are very humble, but they're, way hop- they're happier than the other ones because they're still complaining. They're still finding something to complain about. You have everything, and you're complaining. While this humble person over here is grateful that, they got a letter from their son, or they got a letter from a friend that remember. Uh, uh, a lot of my situation, and a lot of people didn't even know I was incarcerated. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> they, they, they were like, "You were what? <laughs> that you were where?" We were, well, see, because before, if you see on my Facebook, I travel. Mm-hmm. I'm always traveling. So they were like, "We just thought you met somebody and took off." Like, "Oh yeah, I yeah. did. I met the judge, and he <laughs> sent." <laughs> And he sent me to these
1: resorts called TDC. Oh my! Oh well, you can.
0: Yeah, I was on a can, vacation. You were on
1: a yeah, yeah state state paid for. Yeah. Oh man, well it it's been a delight to get to to hear your story, um, which sounds kind of weird because it was. You know when I say it, but but it is because it is a story of encouragement and overcoming. Yes, and that's what I love to hear stories of of people who, you know, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect, and everybody makes makes wrong choices. And for for some, it has dire consequences. Yeah, but but you've lived to tell the tale. I that's guess right. I guess if there's yeah. a cliche in there, well, I love to end these visits with a questionnaire. It's similar to the one the late great James Lipton used okay. on Inside the Actors Studio. And <laughs> so we'll start off. This is for Live. Okay, what is your favorite word? Word? Mm-hmm. Word. Love. All right. All right. What's your least favorite word?
0: I don't want to say hate, but no. <laughs> no? Yeah. yeah. No.
1: So what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Young people.
0: Young people, because they bring new new ideas. New, They bring new things to the table. So I like to see that. Creativity is in young, and I'm talking about young people. I see little kids already being entrepreneurs, and they're thinking positive. So that I love that. That inspires me a lot.
1: So, what turns you off creatively, or spiritually, or emotionally? The lack of
0: uh, desire. They don't. I don't want to say lazy, but yeah, they don't want to do it. People always have an excuse not to to try. You know, not even to try because every I believe everybody has some creativity. You know it. You may think it's off the wall, but it's not. Just, just do it. That's all I want you to do is to do it.
1: What sound do you love the most?
0: Water. Yeah, a lot of lot of my <laughs> guests have said that. I love the sound of water. Yeah, it's, it's calm. I don't know why
1: that is. I guess
0: it is. It's calming. It's soothing. It uh, it's peaceful. Even rough water. You know, you could tell when the water's angry, like when they like I'm like in a sound thing. <sighs>
1: Yeah, or an angry sea, yeah. or something like that.
0: It's still to me, still relaxing. Like, okay, the the, the sea is mad. Okay, that's like me. I'm a mad person, but it, it's it's still calm. It's water.
1: What is your least favorite sound?
0: Oh man, the least favorite. My favorite sound is gonna be the one I produce. Yelling. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always loud. My kids always tell "Mom, why you always got to?" I'm like, I'm not loud. I'm not yelling. I'm talking loud. <laughs> and even my ex would probably say that. <laughs> you, why are you always yelling? I'm not yelling. I'm just I'm a loud person.
1: Uh, you've kind of told me what your aspirations are, what you want to do. So, so this is sort of the same thing. What profession would you like to try? Oh man, or w- would have liked to try. Maybe what did you want to be when you were what, a little girl, kind well, of thing?
0: Okay, uh, what I told my my PT my pre release class uh, cognitive class and and Mar, I me mean, Marlin was. Um, I wanted to have my own talk show. <laughs> wanted, well, okay. I wanted to have my, look, look where I'm at. And here <laughs> you are. <laughs> it's not mine, but I'm here. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to be like a talk host, uh, to do interviews, talk to people, or be you know, just to bring people and educate the world about the changes. Like what you're doing. It's and you,
1: pretty rewarding, I'll tell yes. you for sure. What, what do you know you would not want to do professionally? Uh,
0: I don't want to be a doctor. Mm. I don't want to. I would probably messed it up. (laughs) I'm more of a talkative emotion. I could do maybe psychology, behavior science, something Mm -hmm. like that. Oh, yeah. But not not a doctor. Uh, Not me. Uh, Okay. (laughs) The blood and all that stuff.
1: Uh, Yeah, a little squeamish. I wouldn't be the one. Right. Well, last question. What do you want to hear God say to you as you arrive at the pearly gates? You made it.
0: You did it, girl. You made it. I'm proud of you. That's it
1: amen oh Olivia Olivia Liv Santa Cruz it's been wonderful to talk to you thank you
0: it's nice being here and
1: you know you're my you're my hero (laughs) you're sweet (laughs) you're sweet thank you are you building a new business while managing a family are you tired of trying to balance home and work and everything seems to be coming up short then there's a podcast made just for you baking your business from scratch is where we create the perfect recipe for building a successful business while managing your home and family with love come join us and see for yourself this is the Globe Media Network Podcast.